Good evening, disciples. <laughs> when um, Jesus sent out the 72, and for all of you who are numbers people, um, if you're wondering what the 72, uh, it does have some greater implication. You can go to Genesis 10 uh, to discover why that number is being put forth. You can also go to Numbers chapter 11, 16 through 30, and you will find uh, what, why 72. Whenever the scriptures have an exact, there's a reason for it. Um, but Jesus sends out 72 others. That tells us they are not apostles. They are others. And uh, the thing about that, we're not told their names. Um, we are not told where they came from. Uh, we are not told where they were going exactly. Uh, and finally, uh, in the end, we do not know what happened to them. We know that some of them come back and are boastful, and Jesus sets them right about that. You know, don't boast about uh, the demons being subject to you. Rather, uh, be happy that you will be in heaven. But Jesus says, the first words upon entering the house in the town you go to is to be peace to this house. Uh, so they were to be bearers of the good news of salvation, but they were to be ambassadors of peace. Peace is an important thing. The peace here that Jesus is speaking about has a deeper meaning. From the Greek, we understand uh, it is uh, to be reconciled members. You see, Jesus is sending them out to, so that they'll come to God, so to reconcile them. So this peace that he's talking about is to be uh, amongst those who will be reconciled to create a new community. And only a peaceful person, uh, one who is open to reconciliation with God and neighbor, would truly receive um, these others when they are sent. My friends, it seems that true peace, um, without it, some things will not be possible. And uh, based on this gospel reading, we can put forth that each disciple of Christ is to be an instrument of peace and reconciliation in a troubled and divided society. Remember, these are not the apostles that he's sending. He will send them. But these are the others. You are the others, by the way, now. True peace should not be understood simply as the absence of something. Sometimes people, when we think about peace, I already told you that there's a deeper meaning, but some people think, well, true peace is the absence of tension. No. True peace is the absence of war and enmity. No. Rather, true peace is a very positive uh, thing. It implies openness and goodwill and tolerance and hospitality and reconciliation and friendship. True peace can and will put suspicions and fear and prejudice and bigotry at bay. Working towards peace means we do so with people who are close to us, with people who annoy us, <laughs> and with people who disagree with us. The people we need to make peace with are usually those that we deem to be our enemy. Friends, you are here at Mass. We come to Mass to give God glory and praise, and rightly so. But we also receive from Him something. We receive grace and blessings from the Lord so that we can boast about it? No, so that you can go out and be disciples. 
Samaritans, if you took nothing else away from Mass but peace, that would be time well spent. However, I am confident that you leave Mass with much more than peace. And friends, that being said, each of us must be prepared to give back something which we have received. At the end of Mass, Deacon Dale will send you out. He will say, the Mass is ended, go glorifying the Lord by your lives. And there's, a, there's seven uh, possible uh, exhortations he could give you, but it's ascending. This is slightly different from when you leave a party or when you leave the theater, when you leave the sporting event, you are sent from Mass. With Mass, uh, we are to be then ambassadors of peace based on the gospel reading today. Peace to others. If we wish to be effective messengers of peace, three things are necessary. Firstly, we must uh, have peace ourselves. You cannot give what you do not have. Second, we have to be willing to share that peace with others. And finally, the other person has to be willing to receive it uh, from us. And I strongly believe that the opportunities for sharing peace, for making peace, are, are many and very often. And uh, we may not always succeed um, as the gospel tells us, but then Jesus tells us what to do with that. He instructs the disciples how to respond to difficulties uh, of rejection. And when one's efforts fail to win people over for God, the disciples are simply to shake the dust from their feet and to move on. They're not supposed to grumble. They're not supposed to hold grudges. It does appear that Jesus is telling the disciples to expect failures as we try to live out and spread the good news of the Gospels. One of the dangers here is that we will allow others to steal peace from us. And this happens whenever, because uh, people say all the time, they made me angry. <laughs> no, <laughs> you allowed them to make you angry. But when we become angry and hostile and bitter and vengeful and even disappointed when others do not respond favorably to us, this is a way of them stealing it from us. And we have to understand that peace offered will not always be accepted. It may come back to us as nothing more than an echo of our own voice. Or as Jesus said, don't worry about it. They don't want it. It comes back to you. But we must try. We must always try. In a world that is often uh, and uh, very actively torn about by rivalry and anger and hatred, uh, we have a challenging call as his disciples of, to be signs of love and reconciliation uh, and peace that can, with the Lord's grace, uh, bridge divisions and heal wounds. My friends, uh, um, and particularly uh, because of uh, South, you know, Southern California is in a bit of a problem uh, right now. And, but it made me think about this, but people can live and survive through great hardships and uh, catastrophes. They can. We see it all the time, and you know people will have. And yet, people can be destroyed because of hard feelings and because of bitterness and because of resentment due to lack of true peace. Friends, 
connected to true peace is the removing of divisions. And whenever you hear in the gospel something repeated, it is to get your attention. Twice Jesus says something that most people overlook. He says, when you go somewhere and they put food in front of you, eat it. He didn't say it once, he said it twice. So immediately I'm like, something's up. What's up with that? Twice the admonition is given to eat and drink what is put forth in front of you. And Jesus, it, he doesn't mean it as a, um, a politeness. You know how when you go to dinner, no, I don't like cauliflower. <laughs> Which I don't. <laughs> but I will eat it. <laughs> but this is not what Jesus is talking about, this type of politeness. Rather, it is uh, what is going on. Remember, um, they were having some trouble with... Uh, Converts, remember that there was a big fight, especially with Paul, about should the Gentiles have to become Jews to become Christians? And if so, uh, do they have to abide by the dietary laws? And the answer to that is no. And Jesus, it's very clear, whatever they put in front of you, and I can almost see Jesus, if they put a pig in front of you, remember, pig is bad to them. If they give you a if they give you spare ribs, eat it. I will. <laughs> because Jesus declared all food clean. But, um, but this is not to be taken into consideration in their missionary work. They are to eat it. Um, so this is greatly interesting, but that is not the end of it. You see, this gospel was written after the whole matter was resolved. It was resolved at the Council of Jerusalem. We can go to Acts 15. So something else is there. This admonition suggests that we Christians today must not be overly concerned with trivialities amongst the churches. There are some things that got to stick, but there are other things that divide us and um, it makes me wonder if these existing differences between Christian churches are necessarily to be dividing. I need you to pray about this. I prayed about this for quite a while, about what the meaning of the food was, what it did to the people, how it created divisions, and how Jesus said, oh my gosh, really? Let's move on from it. In the same way, what is dividing us? What are the silly things? that divide us. Move past it. Stop with the bickering and the fighting. Stop wasting each other's time. Uh, it's easier said than done, isn't it? I know, yeah, I know. My friend Michelle Heitzman is our youth director, and she's going to come up and share some wisdom with us <laughs> about, um, you know, if you don't know, confirmation age has changed in our archdiocese. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let the fun begin. Come on up and explain how all this is going to work out. 